share some updates with you before we get into our message this morning. Um, let me start by saying this. You probably, a lot of you remember last year in the fall, we preached a message series called The Blessed Life, where we talked a lot about God's economy and what the Bible says about tithing and giving and, and all of those things. And I believe when that series was preached that God released revelation over our congregation. I believe that with all my heart because we saw people begin to step into new levels of faith and covenant with God in these areas. And there's been testimony after testimony that's continued to come out of that. But, you know, during this time of pandemic, we've seen uh, we're connected with Gateway Network and a lot of other churches. And so we've had the opportunity to get a pulse on what's happening in the body of Christ really all over the nation and around the world. And what we found and heard are that there are a lot of churches, not all, but a lot, who have, who have went through very difficult times and who have uh, saw some significant losses in congregation and giving and things like that. And so we're praying for them and we're doing things to help support churches like that through our partnership in the network. But I just want to report to you that that has not been the case with Life Church X. We have seen consistent and steady giving resources and supply. And uh, I believe, one, it's because those messages and that teaching, which is a lot of the stuff that comes from Gateway and Pastor Robert, I believe that those teachings are anointed and that, that that truth of Scripture is just really being released over a congregation as it's being received and it's mixed with faith. But we've been able, even through the last couple of months, to do some really amazing things. Just like you heard Pastor Mike say about Extend Gen, we've been giving out masks and adapters. We've been providing meals for first responders and elderly, unemployed, healthcare professionals, partnering with local businesses, providing care baskets to healthcare centers and things in Waterloo and Jerseyville communities, like all kinds of stuff that we've been able to do. And that's because the giving and the faithfulness has continued to be strong in this house. I just want to say this if you are a healthcare professional or first responder, would you just please stand up for a minute? I know that I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but I just want to honor you in this place today, recognize you and appreciate you. And I just say to every one of you, Godspeed in your efforts and in your continued work in our communities. We thank you for that. Um, and in fact, in addition to the things we're doing with Extend Gen, which that will continue on, we, uh, we also support, some of you know this, some of you may not, but we support local and global extensions. So we do local missionary type of work through uh, programs, and we also do global missions work. And in addition to the ongoing support that we are able to provide to a lot of these organizations, way too many for me to list off to you right now, but in addition to our normal giving that we, that we support them with, in the month of June, we're just kind of making a statement of we're, we're, this is a giving church and we just want to give because God continues to provide. We're giving an additional $10,000 of support just in the month of June to all of these organizations. So I'm excited about that. Because here's what a few of those things go towards. 
Some of the things that we're doing, like we support a girls' home in Ethiopia where we help the, the frontline workers are able to get into the red light district, rescue girls out of human trafficking, help them rehabilitate and be restored as productive citizens in the community. A lot of those girls in our refugee homes right now are going into the red light districts themselves, taking hygiene kits and bringing nurses and doctors aggressively to that front line to help bring aid and support to those who are in need. So they already distributed a thousand hygiene kits, have a goal to distribute 5,000 more in the coming weeks. So this is what part of that support is going towards is that project. We also support an organization called Global Messenger Service that helps with, uh, in the uh, nation of India, churches in remote villages and communities, very third world conditions. So we help to dig wells, but we also provide support to some of those pastors and their families so that they have things to live on, as well as support to their local congregations in those third world environments as well. So that's another part of it. We're also reaching out to local faith-based ministries that we have partnerships with both in Waterloo and in Jerseyville at both of our campuses and giving support to them. And then we've identified even churches that are in our local community as well as nationwide who are going through difficult times that we're providing some support to as well. There are inner city churches in urban areas that have actually been hit the hardest by what has happened. And a lot of them have things, ministries like feeding programs and stuff like that that have not stopped, but their support has been affected. So it's awesome that some of this support is being directed specifically to good soil to help advance the kingdom in inner city areas around the country right now. Isn't that fantastic? In addition to what we've been able to continue doing and then go above and she's fired up about it, go above and beyond. Um, listen, God is just, he is still continuing to expand our reach and our influence. Many of you know that we've been in the process for a while with a church in Jerseyville, Illinois, that's come in relationship with us, coming under our leadership and actually becoming a campus. I'm happy to report that as of a couple weeks ago, we just finalized the entire legal and formal process of everything that goes on. So we are a church in two campuses in two locations. God has brought resources and he's brought incredible people to us because I believe that God wants to bring things to those that he can entrust them to and there's no limit to the things that God will continue to do that with and so uh, here in the next number of weeks as a result of all of this continued growth and forward movement that God is doing I'm also excited to report to you well, I don't know exactly what dates we'll do these but we are going to have services where we will be ordaining two new pastors into full-time ministry. So this is exciting. In Jerseyville, uh, we have Pastor Holly, who's actually been with that church for a number of years, but this is significant to us because as they've come under our leadership, we are now officially, you know, empowering her, commissioning her, laying hands and appointing her into pastoral ministry with Life Church X now in our Jerseyville campus. So that's going to be a huge deal in the ministry that she'll be able to help us with there. And then here in Waterloo and really kind of over both campuses, there's a family that God has been raising up strong in this church for the last year, year and a half, and we've recognized the call of ministry on his life and his family, and uh, so I'm excited to tell you that in a, one week, Guy Briley will be leaving the...
he'll be leaving the professional world and coming into full-time ministry here at Life Church X. Oh, I love it. Guy oversees all of our worship arts department, including our media teams at both locations, helping us to really build those teams up, but he's also going to handle a lot of pastoral responsibilities here at our Waterloo campus as well. So God is good, the future is bright, and we are a church on the move. I love what he's doing. And so I'm excited to ask you this question today. Who's ready for the word this morning? That was a great response. I don't know if you're as ready as I am for it, though. I've been preaching to a camera for 10 weeks. It ain't the same. <laughs> Let me just, Micah has been helping me with recording, and here's what, he's, here's what he's done to me, the nerve of him. He says, Pastor, he put tape down. He said, I need you to stay right here in this box while I record you. Do you know how hard it is? I mean, I just, I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna move around today, you know, and get out here. I'm just fired up to be here. But man, it's just, it's so exciting that, um, you know, God is doing the things that He's doing right now. I believe that we are getting ready to come into a brand new season corporately as the body of Christ that's gonna be like a new thing that God is going to do in our era and in our generation that many will write about and talk about for decades into the future, maybe centuries until the Lord returns. Who knows when that will be, right? I really believe it. And so that's kind of the flow of where I'm going with my message today. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to the book of Psalms, chapter 33. And we're going to begin from this text and there's some things in here that I really want you to see. And then we're going to move on. It says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Let me say that again. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy, for the word of the Lord is right, and all his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, release something over this place today. Holy Spirit, move like a wave, like a wind, God, and just have your way in here today and in our lives. Peer into the depths of our heart and search us out, God. Reveal anything in us that needs to be revealed and lead us deeper into your ways, God. I pray that you would use me in these moments ahead in Jesus' name. God, anoint me with your Holy Spirit. I am not at all confused. There is absolutely nothing in me of transformational significance apart from you, God. Please use me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, man, I'm just so excited about what God is doing. Oh, I love it. I just thinking yesterday, I've been... In full-time ministry since 2011, and I started preaching like on a regular 
basis in 2013. So that's like seven years. And I've never had a period in those seven years, Paul, where I've not been in a live service for 10 weeks. And I knew I loved preaching the word. I knew that. But I'm just telling you, God just showed me in a new and fresh way how much I love preaching the word of God and how excited I am to be here to be able to bring that to you today. The title of our message, if you're taking notes, is A New Song. A New Song. I've been spending so much time with the Lord. One of the nice benefits, you know, of all the things that have been going on, I think we've all tried to really press in deeper and get tighter with God. And I've been a, a lot of time in the Psalms. I love the Psalms, and especially in these different seasons, I guess, in my life, I get into those because it's really like they're songs, they're poetic. Uh, there are things that are coming up out of people, mostly David, but there are other authors of some of the Psalms that are coming up out of people in trials and difficulties and in just hard seasons and moments. And I was reading this Psalm, verse or chapter 33, and the idea of a new song just started to really jump out at me. And I felt like I heard the Lord speaking very clearly and here's what I believe that he said. I believe he said that as we begin to come back from this time over the last few months of pandemic, stay at home, and, and mind you, I'm not saying we're out of that yet. Obviously, we're still moving. But he said to me that as we do, my people and the church are going to come back with a new song. Meaning this, they're going to be singing louder than they've ever sang before. They're going to be praying more fervently than they've ever prayed before. They're going to be serving more sacrificially than they've ever served before. And they're going to be seeking me with more abandonment than they've ever sought me with before. Because we can see so clearly in Scripture that God does allow times of difficulty and adversity in our environment and in our land ultimately because it leads his people into deeper encounters and deeper places of trust with him. And when that is the outcome, then it is always profitable for our souls. I think he's saying that the church is going to come back and they're not going to come back the way that they were before. My people aren't going to look at things the same way that they looked at them before. There's going to be a new song coming up out of the church here in a new season that we're entering into right now. And I'm just fired up about that. I began to reflect and think about all of these places in the scripture where it talks about a new song. I knew that it was filled in the Psalms. There's eight or ten times that statement is repeated. But I also knew that it was in the book of Isaiah. It's in the book of Revelation. I knew that there is the song of Moses in the book of Exodus after the Red Sea party. I knew that there's a song of Miriam. I knew that there was a song of Deborah. And I knew that there was a song of Mary. Just some of the ones that I recalled. 
And I began to look at the situations around these new songs and what was happening, what was going on. Lord, what are you saying? If you're ready for the church to have a new song, what was around the situations in these moments? And God just kind of opened it up and showed me in these moments, God revealed himself in new and fresh ways. God was doing a fresh and new work on the earth and in the lives of his people, and that fresh work began to bring a new song out of his people in those moments. And God is like that, right? He is an unchanging God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's ground some theological truth real quick and say God never changes, but he is also a God that is always up to fresh things and new works in our lives because he loves us. He said to the prophet Isaiah, behold, I am doing a new thing. It is springing forth. Do you perceive it? God is a God of doing new things. In fact, in the book of Revelation chapter 5, Whenever the lamb who is slaying Jesus appears and takes the scroll with the seven seals and begins to open it, it says the four living creatures and the 24 elders, again, this is in John's prophetic vision, it says that they begin to sing a new song. That's powerful because that song hasn't even been sang yet, but it's a new song that will come at the turning of the age. That tells me that God is always a God who's up to something new in the lives of his people. And there's always a reason to be singing a new song. Hallelujah. And so I want to just share with you some of the things that I learned over these last few weeks. Oh, I'm fired up. Man, this is great. I love it. Oh, I want to share with you a few things that I learned over these last few weeks about what does it look like when God brings a new song into our lives? What are some of the things surrounding these situations? So number one, the first point, if you're taking notes, is that it comes when we gain fresh perspective. It comes when we see God in a new way. Again, he's always the same. But I think we can agree that we are always peering into more of him, <laughs> There is always more of him who's yet to be revealed. In fact, we could never truly sound the depths of him. And so when we gain fresh perspective through life situations, as we see God moving in those moments, it brings something fresh that God works out in us that can bring a new song into our mouths. David wrote about this more than anybody. And I love looking at the Psalms and looking at David because for me, when I study them, it's like the realness of a man. It's like the authenticity of a man who had real problems, real struggles, real emotions, and he opened himself up before the Lord and let the Lord deal with those things in him. He was vulnerable, and he didn't try and hide his problems and his struggles. He let them and laid them out before the Lord, right? Can I tell you something? God already knows what we're going through anyway. It does no good to try to hide things from the Lord. But don't we do that sometimes? Like, oh, I'm trying to hide it. <laughs> the eyes of the Lord roam the earth to and fro, and nothing is hidden from his sight. But David just, he opened these things up and he worked through his junk 
And you see as he does, he begins to reach a point, even through a psalm, that he gains this fresh perspective. I mean, how many of these psalms begin with things that David says like, Lord, where are you? Why have you forsook me, Lord? Why are my enemies overcoming me, God? Where are you and why have you abandoned me? Real emotions and real feelings. Yet, by the end of the psalm, we see as David's worked this thing through with God, and really God's worked it through with David is probably a better way to say it, that by the end of these things, he's saying things like, Oh, Lord, you've never left me. Oh, God, your hand is for me. You've raised me up and you've protected me from my enemies. Your favor is upon me and I have found my refuge in you. You see that journey that he just kind of goes on. And so he gains fresh perspective through real life problems and struggles. And when he does, it's like a new song in a psalm or a lyric or a melody or a harp begins to come out of him. Oh, listen to this. Psalms chapter 40, verse 3. It says, He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear. I will trust in the Lord. And I love the way it says this in the Passion Translation. Listen to this. A new song for a new day rises up in me. I'm praying that a new song for a new day is rising up in you, is rising up in me, and is rising up in God's church right now. Because we gain fresh perspective, folks, when things around us get shaken up. We realize the foundation under our feet, that solid rock, is unshakable. But everything transient in the world is shakable. And it's being shaken right now. And David can see this fresh perspective, and when we gain that, we have an opportunity to step back and listen. We begin to reassess and reappraise the value of things in our lives, and that is very much a good thing. Now, I've been a homeowner uh, since the early 2000s. Katie and I, we've had three different homes, and one of the things that I found is that the government likes to send you this little letter every single year telling you what your house is worth. And along with that letter comes a nice little request for payment for what they're telling you that your taxes that are due are based on that assessed value. Is it just me or they never go down? Ever? Ever? Always up. But there's a reassessment that happens regularly. And as that reassessment takes place, new value begins to get assessed to those things. I'm kind of having fun here, but my point is it's good for us, whether through trial or not, whatever it may be that brings it, it's good for us to step back and reassess and reappraise value to the things in our lives that must hold the greatest significance. I think that the church is stepping back and realizing things like this, corporate worship, I mean, I loved it before, but like Guy said, I love it even more now because I value it differently even now than I did before. I think we have to step back and see that spiritual matters in our lives, 
things that are of eternal value need to be elevated above in priority and significance. Things that are transient or worldly that are rusting and decaying away like the Bible says. But if we're not careful, it's a subtle thing we can all get into where many of those worldly things just begin to kind of elevate themselves above the value of the most important things that we should hold dear in our lives. Does that make sense? So there's a shaking, but there's a reassessing and a reappraising of what's happening right now in the church, I believe. And people are saying... My spiritual life is way more important now than it's ever been before. It, it, it should have always been, but I realize now even more so, I need to make my relationship with God, my walk with God, I need to make it a greater priority. And we're rearranging our lives, and we're shifting things around. We're actually beginning to make sacrifices now in order to make sure our spiritual life begins to flourish and thrive. Hallelujah. That is a fantastic thing when the people of God are moving forward like that. I'll even go as far as to say this. This is kind of a prediction. I, I don't know if this will play out or not, but I do believe that we are going to see, as a result of all of this shaking, we are going to see the collapse of convenient Christianity in the Western church culture. Does anybody else bear witness to that? At least be praying for that, right? I mean, in the church, church, as church leaders, we've been talking about this for a decade. Convenient Christianity, consumerism mentality. What's me? I want this. I want that. This is. I don't like this. I don't like that. It's easy to do. I'll fit it in here. Like it's just consumerism, convenient Christianity, right? And we've been talking about how do we overcome this for a decade. But I believe now in this moment that we're in, when everything's being shaken and people are reprioritizing and revaluing, reassessing value, that it will bring the collapse of convenient Christianity in our culture, and the, the church will begin to move in a greater level of power. Hallelujah. So we gain fresh perspective. The last thing I would say about this is a fresh perspective helps us see beyond the pain of our past. You know, many times we can be hurt and we can be wounded. And those wounds can actually heal, but they will leave scars. And praise God, he is a restorer of all things. And there is healing to be found in him, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. But here's what I'm trying to say. This is the point that I'm trying to make. When God begins to do a fresh work and a new thing in our lives, and a new song begins to come out of us, then we reach a point where he is... We see that he is bigger than the pains or the wounds of our past. And even though those things were there, we can actually still have the joy in our life that produces a new song because God is bigger than those pains and hurts from our past. Amen? I think about how when, when Israel came out of captivity and they were headed back into Jerusalem after 70 years in Babylon and the Lord spoke to the prophet Isaiah, and he spoke a prophetic word over them as they would come back. This is what he said. It's in Isaiah 42, talking about looking beyond the pain of the last 70 years and seeing that there's something good that's getting ready to happen in your future. It says, behold, the former things have come to pass, which means all this pain is ending. All this time is over. And the new things I declare, before they spring forth, I tell you of them, Sing a new song to the Lord. 
Isn't that amazing? He's like, I, I recognize your pain. I recognize the hurt and the, the difficulty that you have just went through. And, and you're healing and coming out of that. But you need to know that there's a great future that I have planned that's still ahead for you. And I hope we're hearing that today. No matter what you've gone through, no matter how hard you've been hurt or wounded, no matter how difficult it is to see past it right now, I'm here to tell you no man can do this for you, but the creator of heaven and earth can release a fresh work in your life that can help you heal and see beyond the pain of your path to the great future that God has planned for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Second point around a new song is that it comes from the heart. It must come from the heart. Look, I think we'd all agree. There's a big difference in just singing words to a song where noise is coming out of your mouth versus truly singing from a place that's erupting out of your heart. Y'all know the difference, right? Whenever I was about ah, 18 or 19, a couple of times we started going to these karaoke bars, you know, and uh, you say, how'd you do that at 18, 19? Well, I had a little entrepreneurial thing going on at the time too, but that, yeah, that's just, yeah. So um, we went to this karaoke bar one night and I somehow got it in my head that I was ready. Um, and so I chose Bon Jovi. Now, if you know Bon Jovi, you know the dude goes real high and I can't sing a lick, much less go high. But for whatever reason, I got up there, <laughs> grabbed that microphone, shot through the heart, and I mean, I just went for it, the whole thing. And I, in my mind, it was incredible. <laughs> I was just like, I can sing. <laughs> wow. And I'm walking away, and all my buddies are like looking at me with this very disturbed look on their face. I mean, I held nothing back, let me tell you. You see the energy that I preach with? Just imagine that in a singing scenario. And, uh, and I'm like, man, was that good? Was that awesome? And they're like, no, dude, that was not good. So finally, I came to grasp with reality. Don't ever ask me to do karaoke, okay? Unless the mic's off. But I'm, I'm joking around a little bit to make it a point here. I tried to sing another man's song the way another man sings it, and it just didn't fit me. So can I tell you this? I can't give you your song. Only God can, and no one else can sing it for you. It's got to come from a place in your heart that God has done a fresh work in. Listen to this in Psalms 144, verse 9. My God, I will sing to you a brand new song. This is so beautiful. The harp inside my heart will make music to you. I love that. The harp inside my heart. It tells you the place of origin that this song coming out of his mouth is flowing from. Yes, the song must have an expression. It's not okay to just hold it in. It has to be released. The way we live our lives has to be an outward reflection of what's happening on the inside. But God does his work at the depths of our soul in the place of our heart. And that's where it happens and begins to spring forth out of. But I do want to just make this point. I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't say this to you. 
that as you begin to sing a new song for a new day in what God is doing right now, we have songs of past seasons and praise God for that. But there is a new song for a new season that God wants to release in our lives. And we need to know when we begin to sing that song with fervor, we begin to live our lives as an outward expression of that kind of melody, that the enemy, Satan, the prince of the power of the air will absolutely come against you to try to stop that. You've got to know that. You've got to know that he, of all things, he hates when God gets the worship of his people. He hates it. It was the reason for his fall. Satan looked in heaven at the fact that God was as high as could be and he was receiving all worship. And Satan wanted that worship for himself. And he tried to exalt himself above God because he wanted it, not God to have it. And it caused him to get thrown out of heaven. All I'm trying to say is if he's willing to lead a revolt in heaven because he doesn't want God to get the worship he's due, what do you think he's not willing to do to come at you in your life to shut you up and silence the song that's flowing from your heart, the melody and tune that God wants to hear you sing to him? Yes, Satan is going to try to stop it. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And if God be for you, then tell me, brothers and sisters, who can possibly be against you? We know that and we stand on that solid foundation of truth. But you're going to have to stand on it when the time comes. When Satan comes knocking at your door, tries to hit you in the mouth and shut you up. Because he doesn't want to see you bring your praise to God. He doesn't want to hear you sing your song. Yes, he's going to try and stop you. The third point about a new song is that this song corporately can cover a land. I love this part. Let me explain this a little bit. So when David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, you remember that? He was leaping and dancing before the Lord, and his wife said, you're being a fool, you know, and he said, I'll be more undignified than this, that whole deal. When he was bringing the ark of the Lord back, there began to be a song that just erupted out of the people, and it covered the land. Just picture that in your head, like the land literally being covered by the praises of God's people. Now, now let me remind you of another truth of Scripture. God inhabits the praises of his people. We want to see a work of God here in our cities and in our communities, do we not? We want to see the presence of God moving in our streets and in our areas. What more of a, pref of a, of a preface to, to be ready to prepare the way of that than for a song of God's people to be rising up all over the land? God's song corporately in his church getting stronger and stronger and God literally beginning to indwell the atmosphere of those praises, literally forming like a blanket over our cities and communities that the powers of hell come to and say, I can't find a way in. I can't find a way in here because the presence of God is saturating this entire community and this entire environment, this entire home, this entire neighborhood, because the praises and the song of God's people is literally just covering the atmosphere. 
Hallelujah. Isn't that powerful to think about? I've studied a lot of the different revival movements over the centuries in the church. And there was a massive revival movement in the late 1800s in the United States. And there is a biography by a particular guy named Charles Finney that's really insightful to read about. And one of the things that he speaks on in his accounts is that he would go into these little towns and these little villages and he would begin to preach the word. And as he would, the presence of God would begin to just increase and intensify over this little town and this little community over a matter of days and sometimes a couple of weeks. And he would say things in his reports about how literally to his account, he knew of no single human being in that town that did not get saved and born again during those days or those weeks. Also, he would say that on multiple accounts, while they were in a village or in a community, and the presence of God was literally just resting over it for days upon end, they would have revivals and, and services every single night, that there would be accounts of people who would just show up on horses in these towns in the middle of services, and they would say, I was traveling to here or traveling to there. I can't even explain it because the road I took to come here was never the road that I was supposed to go on to get where I was going, but I felt this remarkable, uncontrollable desire, draw, and pull that led me right here into this city. And then, the, and then Finney would begin to preach the word, and they would repent and get saved right there in that moment and go on on their journey after that. What I'm saying is that when the presence of God intensifies over a community, over a land, over a region, then different kinds of revival atmosphere begin to be birthed in the areas. And I think that when we start to rise up strong as a church, singing a new psalm for a new day, we're going to begin to see unprecedented kinds of things like that beginning to happen. And as people are being born again, being saved, walking in the ways of God, it's going to begin to cover and increase over our communities and over our nation. I am so aware that we have turmoil that we have all kinds of major problems that are happening in our society. I think the church needs to lead the way in all of these things. I really do. And we have to be active and we have to be doing things about that. But what I'm trying to say is that I believe that the song that we're singing from our heart to God needs to be louder than all of that. That needs to be the noise that's covering our nation, not the noise of turmoil, decay, and division. And when that's what's covering the place like a blanket, then the atmosphere is ripe for reformation and restoration to be able to happen. But I'll close with this. As we begin to talk about um, the new song, Covering Our Land, here is what I perceive to be the greatest challenge that awaits us. And I say this to the church, not to the secular world. I actually think this is the greatest challenge or threat that the church faces as it pertains to a new song being released and really coming up out of God's people. And in order to illustrate that, I'll give you a story that takes place in the book of Ezra. The people of God come out of captivity. They come back to Jerusalem and they rebuild the temple for worship. 
the first temple had been destroyed prior to the captivity. That was Solomon's temple. And it was created with great grandeur and great extravagance. When they rebuilt the temple, as they came into the land, it wasn't the same temple that Solomon had built. And there's this moment that happens, that takes place, where the people come to dedicate the new temple. It's a ceremony service. And as they come to this place to dedicate the temple, the Bible accounts for that there were two different sounds that were filling the air that day. Said so there was the sound of joy and the sound of praise that was coming out of some. Celebrating that God was here and he was getting ready to do a new thing and that we have great days that are ahead of us despite the things that we've come out of. But it says that there was a second sound in the air that day that was coming from some that looked upon the new temple in disappointment and they were complaining and they were saying, this is nothing like the one that used to be. It said the sounds were so much conflicting that you really couldn't tell which one was which as it was filling the air. Here's what I want to say to us as the church. As we come into a new day, a new season, a new song begins to build, we must be careful with our mouths. We must be careful not to look on new things and new conditions and say, I don't like the way this is. I like the way it used to be. I don't like how we're doing church right now. I don't like the way ministry is happening right now. I want to go back to the way it was. And then we begin to fill the air with a song of complaining instead of a song of joy and praise for what God is doing here and now, believing greater things are yet ahead. I want to tell you something. Sincerely, I don't want to go back to where we were. I don't want to go back to convenience. I don't want to go back to a place where I took things for granted. I want to move from here and move on into a new day where we revalue and we stand up and we go after the things of God better than we ever have before. Let's stand to our feet and let's just give God our song today. Let's worship Him and praise Him for what He's doing here and now in our lives.
today, if we could all just, every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to ask you, if you are here today, and you say, Pastor, I feel God pulling at my heart right now. I, I need to make a decision to get my life right with God. I need to take a step into this relationship of coming close to Jesus. Listen to me. There is only one way. Jesus is the truth and the life. He makes no bones about it. He suffered and died so that you could be saved, so you could be forgiven of your sin. We enter this world spiritually dead. It takes the blood of Jesus to wash us of sin and bring life on the inside of us. We are born by the Spirit, the Bible tells us. And we receive that when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It is an invitation of grace. You do not have to earn it. You can never earn it. You just have to receive it. And as you do, God begins to lead you into all the things that He has for you planned in your life. If you say, Pastor, I'm ready to make that decision and take that step today, I want to ask you in a second, as I, as I count to three, to raise your hand so I can see who you are. I want to lead you in a prayer that is a moment. This is a moment for you where God is going to begin to do something new and fresh in your life. This is your moment. I appeal to you. Eternity is in the balance. If you feel God pulling at your heart, do not leave here today without responding to Him. None of us know if we will get another chance. If you feel the Lord pulling at your heart, and it's time to make a step in the direction of His plan for you, on the count of three, would you raise your hand, and I will pray with you. Again, every head bowed, every eye closed. One, two, three. Respond to the Lord. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Yes, sir, I see your hand. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, God. Yes, Lord, minister to her right now in Jesus' name. The Lord is doing a work in you. Ma'am, God is doing something powerful in you right now. Just receive him. I encourage you, silence everything around you. Receive everything that God wants to do in your life right now. Like a floodgate bursting open. Don't hold anything back. Let him do everything he wants to do. He's so good. He's so loving. He's a loving father. And he will do everything in and through you to restore and heal anything that you've been through in your past. Father, we thank you. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Father, in Jesus' name, begin, God, the process of restoration right now, the process of healing right now in the depths of their souls, God, mentally, emotionally, physically, God, everything, spiritually, begin to bring healing and restoration right now in people's lives. You say to the Lord, in your heart, Father, I am ready to receive you. Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I am not ashamed of it. I am proud of it. And I'm giving my life to you entirely today. I'm letting go of the world and I'm laying hold of you. Come, Jesus, send your Holy Spirit to live on the inside of me. Fill me, God, and lead me into all things. Help me to become the person that you've created me to be. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. 
Father God, thank you for the work that you're doing in this place today. Thank you for what you're releasing over your people. And I pray, God, that you would begin to do a work in the depths of our heart that brings forth a new song out of our mouth for a new day and a new time. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, man, let's give the Lord praise for what he's doing in the lives of people today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I announce to you, if you gave your life to Christ today, you are what the Bible says, born again. You are alive spiritually with the life of God on the inside of you. You are a new creation. You will live eternally in heaven with Jesus. And he has an amazing and perfect plan for your life. We would love to connect with you and help you to take steps to figure out what God's gifts are for you, the things that he wants to use you to accomplish, to make an impact here in this world. We would love to be able to do that and connect with you. For now, I just want to bless you as we go. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, may his peace be upon you. May his countenance be upon you. Maybe he be gracious to you. May the joy of the Lord be your strength. And may a new song bubble up in your heart and come out of your mouth for a new day in Jesus' name. God bless you and have an awesome day.